Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes. Welcome to episode 54 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat, the running podcast for the average runner. It's myself, Wooly, and the Spartan Sparling in session at the moment. How are you, Steve? Good, mate. There'll be more right. um, subbing in. And we've also got a very special guest joining us in about half an hour, the 2023 winner of the Tarawera Ultra Marathon. Yeah, a few of the local boys did that too. Um, so it'd be interesting to see his version of events. They changed it at the last minute due to the weather, I think. And um, I think it was a hundred K changed to 104 kilometers. And then the, I think the 50 K went to 52. Oh, okay. And a little bit less elevation, but more distance. So yeah, we'll, we'll let's have a talk to him and ask him why and figure out what's going on. How's your um week been? Have you done much running? Yeah, I've done 61K, so I had two days off, just rest days because it's just big days at work. Uh, you know exactly where I'm at with that one. Uh, I'm a, I've done it about the same as you, exactly the same. A little yeah. bit more, I think. Um, But yeah, I included the big run today, which is kind of cool. I'm liking the, the longer runs at the moment, so pretty cool. Um, Today we did that mega run again. I didn't really do anything too much during the week, just a few zone two, a longer zone two run, just heart rate and try to keep it below 150 on Friday, 14K. And at the start of the week, recovering from last week's big long run on Monday, me and Emma went to the park and we did loops around there for about 8K. So it was pretty cool. She was on a bike. <laughs> Little kids, man, she's only six and a half. She doesn't shut up. Eh? She's just like the whole time, blah, 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 just this constant. Pretty cool though. All of energy, eh? Yeah, they see stuff that we don't see and they tell you, hey, Dad, look at that. Hey, look at that. And it's pretty cool. So just doing laps around the park. Um, yeah, and then 8K on Wednesday. So I had a rest day Tuesday, Thursday. And so having the two rest days, I still got 61K. So pretty happy with that. Uh, those long runs, eh? The long run makes all the difference. Yeah. You know what's cool today? Um, we all sort of, a few people decided last week they were going to try to you know, just do it 10K. For some people, 10K is, it's 10K. Like you, you could slog out 10K, which you did during that that um, 15K out at um, Tagulua in under 40 minutes, right? But for, for the more mortal, mere mortal people like myself, that's still beyond me. I don't know how you do that, but I guess eventually if everything comes together, that will be something that I would be able to tick off my list one day. Oh, mate, you could do that easy. But for you're, you're, a few other, yeah, you're running under 20 minutes of park run, just straight out of work. You could do that easy. Yeah, I think it's just something I got to get my head around to just do it. But um, there's a good crew on on Saturday at park run. Chris Reed, one of my mates, he's in our little group that we have a WhatsApp thing called the Lethal Weapon Running Club. He um he cracked 19 minutes. Um, I think around about that same time, he got very similar time to you. He got uh, 1856, um, yeah. which is like surpassed his last, it's like a 25, I think roughly around about maybe 15 or something second PB from a few weeks back where he got um, he got 1911, I think, something like that. 
He he's just doing he's with the Redcliffe Tri Club. He's doing Mondays and Wednesdays. He's doing interval sessions up at John Oxley Reserve. So yeah, on the back of that, a few people said, "Hey, how about we um try and crack 40, 48 minutes?" Is um what's that four forty eight a kilometer? I think yeah. roughly about that. So we we programmed that into me watch and we off we went. But because we did the warm up, it didn't work the same because we were already behind schedule. But I just went off the lap pace um for each k and we set out and off we went we're pretty close to it i think the slowest is probably like 450 the fastest 441 or something so within that 10 second per kilometer spot on and the big chris curtis he got in he he finished strong the last three or four hundred meters sprint at home and he got um 47 low 47s and another girl that was in the group she got a pb so it's always cool when you help someone get a pb yeah, but just sprinting home across the line, so pretty cool. Um, it's good to see people do really well, eh? Yeah, and that's growing, mate. And you know, us today, Wax, Wax, I told last week he's like improving beyond himself. He doesn't like going out hard, eh? I know, I didn't really either, but we were warming up, and then the other guys saw Taz and um, Sam Hyam. They were like running, so they didn't. They did a turnaround. They're trying to catch him across the Hornibrook. So over a few k's, they they dropped the pace down to four twenty to catch him. And me and Wax just sat on about five five oh four five oh five. And when we got back, he's um he's off and he's finished the twenty one k, and he got the mega runner of the week and got a a pair of running socks as his little prize. Pretty cool, eh? Oh, good on him. He'd be stoked yeah. with that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of um, younger people there, so it just goes to show the old guys that show up and and do a good job still get the rewards, eh? Mate, Brad's just it's like he's so naturally talented. Yeah, like he was the same when I was um, tie boxing with him. He just he can do everything. Like it just sort of comes to him easy, but he just doesn't have that final push to to get to that next level. Well, he does, but then he just. He can't seem to maintain the consistency that's needed. Yeah, the last three weeks he's been really good though. Like he's doing some longer runs during the week, fifteen k. He's nothing shy of that during the week, and he does the odd ten here and there. But to get from his house down, he's doing the hills, and he doesn't even realise. I think he, yeah. he does know. But where he is up on the hill, there he runs down to Pelican Park, and then along the waterfront, and he's got to finish on a hill, and he still finishes hard, eh? Yeah, and the wind. He's dealing yeah. with real bad wind around there every night. It's just blowing a gale. No. His park run on Saturday it was just like flying along one way and then 2.4 k's the other way just into a headwind, you know, from the, from the south. And yeah. then you finish with the tailwind. It's got to knock you around because you are trying to slog it out for 2.5 k's going the other way. So, But he, he, he still gets in there and does it. And then he knows he's going to back it up with a 20 k run now on Sundays because we make him come. We just tell him he's got to show up. He's loving it. Yeah, that's good though. <laughs> yeah, he's going well. We got a little bit of a group going, so we all sort of have a bit of a conversation on Saturday hours. So who's going? And we all sort of start off four or five of us, six of us, the same sort of group that was there last weekend when you were there. We all sort of did it again this week. So we'd run across the Hornybrook and turn around and come back as their warm up. So pretty cool. That's over six k before you've even started. Yeah, just that and back. So I think we've done nine i think before the start this time i was a little bit shorter um yeah my guts are playing up i had to go to the toilet so it's <laughs> not nowhere to go on that bridge you got to make it oh, back to yeah, decker park a eh? nightmare yeah how are you you did another long run today that's pretty cool 
Yeah, like I had a um, I had a pretty good week, but same as you, man. I'm just working like huge days, and Monday I um, I actually did a an hour of Thai boxing. At, really, um, gym in Redcliffe, where I, it's the old gym I used to train at. I think yeah. I'm going to start coaching every Monday night there. Yeah, just been kind of going to see if I'm if I actually wanted to to, to do it, and yeah. um, I'm enjoying it, so I'll go back again Monday, but. So I didn't run Monday, but I did train. And then Tuesday I went to the Striders and we did like a pyramid set, like one minute, yep. two minute, three minute, four minute, three minute, two minute, one minute. Yeah. And, Same um, equal rest day. Yeah. So on and off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one minute on, one minute off. Yeah. And uh, get to the top, you like four minutes on, four minutes off, and then back down. And I was hitting really good splits there. Um, yep. I was running, I think. Like I was running sort of close to three fifteens on the sort of shorter ons. I think the four that last one minute you were flying. Yeah, I was just gave it everything <laughs> I could on that last rep, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. just trying to like pick people off in the distance and just try to get there before the whistle blows because the the coach blows the whistle. Who are you running and... with through those? Are there is there people that about similar ability? No, well there you there sometimes is, but there wasn't on Tuesday night. It was um. Matt Flannery was there, but he's recovering from an injury, so he wasn't yeah, going Achilles. super fast. Yeah, yeah. He was sort of running four minute Ks, and um, there was a young kid there, but he he was going hard, but he died sort of by the third rep. Yeah. And then um, Wednesday, I went to run, and my watch said rest, and you know I'm doing what the watch is saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll have a rest. Yeah. And then. Um, I hate it, eh? But then you feel good the next day. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, I'm not following a program at the moment. I'm just like, I just want to keep my fitness going until I've like get within striking range of um, Noosa and then I'll yep. start, you know, doing proper structured training again. But yeah, and then this morning we did a long run from, we went from the paper mill at Petrie all the way out along the train lines. Yeah. Uh, all the way to like the Redcliffe train station, turn around, come back. And that was 27K, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a massive crew. Peter Lewis run bloody 36K. Yeah. He's getting close to his marathon, though. 32K. Like some, they just run a bit extra before we started. We started at 5 a.m. And um, Anthony Foster stashed a load of um, Maximus drinks at Mango (laughs) Hill train station. So when we got to Mango Hill, we had a drink on the way out, and then on the way back, we had another drink. It was pretty cool. No giving away secret spots or anything, but he did that the other week too, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. I've I heard he's so, been yeah. doing that a bit. But it was, man, yeah. it's nice to get a um an electrolyte drink, you know. Yeah, I think Wax is hooked on those drinks. Every time I see him run, he has one of those in his hand. Oh, he's always got them in his car, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, I think I've done about 65K. I'm tempted to just jog another five to get it up to 70 after after we record, but... That'd be right. Uh, I might do, so yeah. Maybe the, I'll take the kids on the bikes and they can ride and I'll run. Yeah. Um, the only problem is when I do that with them on the bikes is that when I go downhill, I'm running like three-minute 30 pace to keep, keep up with on. them. And yeah. it just... Oh. And then six-minute Ks on the flat. It's just your body doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Kim Dingle, he's running so well at the moment. Yeah, man. Yep. He did um, it. He smashed a PB. He's got to be local legend this week. Damn. Um, 
produced a parkrun personal vest at Sandgate. I think he... 25-second PB, he said. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time on the 19, and he, and he smashed it by 25 seconds. Yeah, that's just huge. We were talking about that this morning. Like We were saying, you know, when you're trying to crack that number, when you finally do it, you blitz it. It's weird, eh? Like I remember the first time I was trying to break 18, I just I was doing 18.03, 18.10, 18.15, Just couldn't get it. And then I run 17.38. Really? Oh, wow. That's a huge margin. Where did that come from? I just don't know where it came from. Just I just kept showing up and just kept cracking it. Yeah. I should actually talk about my park run because yeah. I'm going to try and do this a bit more. Like we got to park run in the morning and I was really late. Do you get I, stuck in the big bottleneck at the start? Because yeah. your splits, you the first yeah. one was like stuck there and then just accelerated so quickly. But sort of like, I won't say I planned to get caught in the bottleneck, but I thought, oh man, I'll just, like I got there late. I literally run two minutes out, two minutes back until I bumped into you guys and turned around. And yeah, we went far ahead of you. No, I just I paused my watch, walked over to the start line. It literally started. Everyone went off like the clappers and I was like, oh man, I'm just going to warm up slowly. Yeah. And so I got really stuck behind heaps of like kids and stuff. Managed to get sort of over the bridge and I was all good. And then, so I did that first lap just feeling really like comfortable. And then I think the second lap I thought I've got to try and catch Nathan. (laughs) So I I caught Nathan, but I'd like really wound it up a bit to get back to Nathan. So I'd say I was probably running, say the first lap, I was probably running like 415, 420 pace. And then to catch Nathan, I went 350-ish pace. And then I thought, I'm like really progressing nicely here. I should just give it everything this last lap. So the last lap, I just fully went balls to the wall. And I had no idea what time I'd run because I still had like an extra, I didn't even know how far we'd done on the warm-up. So my watch was just showing it's completely irrelevant time. And then I come home really, really strong. I even sort of sprinted along the boardwalk and everything. I finished. I didn't hear my time. And I was thinking, oh, hopefully I've got under 20 minutes. <laughs> and um, then when I checked the results, I ran 18.50, which yeah. is kind of what I've run the last few weeks when I've gone all out from the, from the gun. From memory, I think your first K was 5.10 for the park run. Oh, yeah, there you go. So, like, man, I'm going to actually do that again. And just try and get into the habit of finishing quicker than I start. Yeah. I think you finished on like 320 or something like that. Yeah. Like just really just went for it. And um, I think it was 327 the last like, I don't know whether I did a whole K at that, but that was the last bit of the run. And um, man, you must have passed a few people. Oh, just just picking people off the whole way back. But I mean, it just goes to show that you can go all out from the start. Yeah. and fade you're better off just taking it a bit easier and doing the complete opposite and you get the same time anyway like yeah but yeah like i think if i um once i've a couple more weeks i'm gonna start really trying to nail that that park run yeah how far away is the noosa is it 11 weeks now something roughly like that because uh, i think fraser's yeah. starting his 12-week program this week yeah it must, must be, be. You must, must be close this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm only going to do the half, so I don't want to, you know. I enjoy parkrun. I enjoy parkrun. Hey, I showed up and I didn't really have any intentions on running hard because I hadn't done a speed session that week. And it was just a big week at work. So it was roughly like 60 something hours. 
over six oh. days. So it's just big days. And I finished on, yeah, I just finished and it was like, oh, bugger me. I'm just going to go and see what. hours of work. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got there. I seen, I run into, we actually parked behind Nathan and Matilda. And then we're walking down talking to Nathan. I said, oh, I don't really have any plans on going hard. And then I just walked up to Matilda. So you running today? She goes, yeah. I said, oh, I might run with you. And she goes, oh, I hope you can keep up, you know. And I thought, oh, this is cool. So out of the blocks, I had no, I, I lost her. So we're just running and it was just a mad scramble at the start. And after the beginning, I had no idea where she was in that race, you know what I mean, from, from the start. And I thought, maybe she's ahead of me. And I'm looking, trying to find her. No, I'm turning around, trying to find her. About the 1K mark, she creeps up to me and catches up. I thought, oh, this is cool. So we're just cruising along. She was having all sorts of problems, getting sore shins and ankles and stuff from the alpha flies and, and the super shoes. So she's gone back to the latest version of the Pegasus, I think, from memory. So she had a brand new pair yeah, of shoes on. Yep. Pegasus. And, yep. Yeah. And she got her second fastest time. That's in just the Pegasus. So that's including all her other runs in the super shoes too. So I, I, I just reckon that when you get into running, those yep. first like six months are just riddled with like little problems that you kind of got to, your body yeah. just getting conditioned to doing the, the sport. Like yeah. usually it's shin problems for most people. Yeah. And I just reckon, you know, she's just sort of really getting started. You just, you lit, like, remember Nathan had loads of trouble with his feet and stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that's just sorted itself out. It's just like the body just gets conditioned yeah. to doing what it's got to do and just... She had a good run though. It was really good for me too. Like you just get to going a little bit off your pace. You get to enjoy it more. Eh? I don't know whether you do, but yeah, you, if you had a run yeah. with Tammy, you get to have a look around and stuff. You're not just focused on just hitting that target and just pressing on. You get to have a bit of a, bit of a Man, sort of a relaxing run. I love running like five minute Ks and just enjoying the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, there's no, like even it's, even if you're not going a hundred percent, like, even if you're only running at like say eighty percent, you still yeah. have that little bit of nerves before the start. Eh, like oh shit, okay, ready, we're about to go. Whereas you're doing five minute k's, you you just talking. And I don't get it. it. I don't ever get to see the the people up the very front. But um, running at the pace we run on Saturday, I got to see the first four people pass me. So there's Adrian Seville. You know him. You probably yeah. have a bit of a tussle with him here and there. Um, I can't remember the second guy. Um, Dara King went through third place. Um, and they're flying, eh? They're, they're running, you know, sub 17 minutes and then just low 17s for up to third place. And that's absolutely flying in the late stages. Well, what was it one in, you know? Uh, was like, um, yeah, I have no idea. I think I, I did read it. Adrian Seville won. Um, he's like 16 minutes something. So, oh, wow. Still booking along, though. Yeah, he's flying. Yeah, I've got to get my, um, I'm into gear and, and get, you know, need to get a sub 18 under the belt again. And yeah. then I can just go from there. But I feel like at the moment I could probably run a good half. Yeah. Just lacking a bit of that speed, the yeah. speed endurance, you know, like, like I can run quick, just can't seem to maintain it. Not enough yeah. sessions. That's why. But I mean, I did bank heaps of K's over Christmas and yeah, I'm sort of like, I'm running these, long runs on a sunday no worries like not even feeling no you know your heart rate's no, really low to your fit as yeah no real fatigue or anything um no. actually one of the boys that um we run with andrew he 
he's never really taken gels or anything this morning. Yeah. And, and he's only, he's really been coming to the long runs to try and get just better at overall for his running. And um, oh, Glenn Kidney gave him a bloody caffeinated gel at like about, I think it was about 17K or something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, his heart rate went to 190 BPM. Jesus. About like two or three minutes after he'd had it. Like we were going uphill, but he was panicking, thinking he was like going to have a bloody heart attack or something. And I was like, oh, trying to like calm him down, saying, oh, mate, so I was just off the wrist. I wouldn't be too worried about it. You know, how do you feel? He's all right. But, you know, I felt better. But yeah, he managed to survive. But I reckon that gel, just the caffeine, and it must have just not agreed with him. Yeah. But he got it done. And that's, um, all that matters, 27K. That's his biggest run ever. It's a good run. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at your run this morning, 27Ks between the train stations. is That's that's where you're at. That's a good run too. It involves a lot of hills. Yeah. You don't sort of notice and they're long, slow hills. They're not pinch climbs or anything, but yeah. That one yeah, coming back towards, um from Rothwell yeah, back towards Mango yeah. Hill, that's a long one, eh? It's about a and it double pumps. just all kind of uphill, yeah. <laughs> it double pumps. You run up and it goes flat under that little overpass. It goes to, you think um, it's over, and then it just goes back up again. Go about yeah. another hundred, yeah, about fifty meters or so, and you think, oh shit, and there's another big steeper climb. So, man, yeah. I run that that path quite a bit because it's just nice. It's not too far from my house, and you just get away from cars. Like I hate breathing yep. in the um the like the smog out of bloody exhaust fumes and that. Yeah, but I run on that path, and I reckon over the last three weeks, I've seen probably five or six snakes like there's just little they're those little brown snakes just you see them everywhere yeah all um all over they come they come in and out of the bush and they they see and they turn around usually or but if they're laying on the path sunning themselves they just don't move and then if you try and like you know shoo them away they're pretty aggressive little things yeah but on um i think it was Friday night, I was out running, right? And there's a guy in front of me and he had a big, big pair of like, shit, I don't know, like Beats by Dre headphones on. And um, yeah. he's running along. And I I was about five meters behind him, but I was just waiting for my watch to, to beep for 5K and I was going to turn around. So I, I didn't want him to think I was, you know, stalking him or anything. But yeah. we literally were running along and I saw what looked like a stick on the ground and I went, that's a stick, but you got to be weary around here because I've seen so many snakes. And the guy runs straight over it and it moved. And then I was only, you know, a second or two behind him. Yeah. And I hurdled it. It was a snake. Wow. And I said, mate, you just missed that, but you just dead set nearly trodden a snake. And he was like, oh, what? Oh, shit, I didn't know. Yeah. And then literally my watch went blip for 5K, so I turned around. But I, when I turned around, it was gone. Yeah. At the back end of last year, I come across a heap of them, but I haven't seen one recently. Um, the closest call to me was I was running through this little pathway that goes out to the main road. And then you duck back along this pathway called the duck pond that goes between the main roads here over my way. And as it come out of the grass, I sort of went, Oh shit. And as I leaped, I kicked it with the top of my shoe. So I kicked its head coming out, out of the grass. Oh, what? Yeah, I told Nathan the next day at park run, he's like, bloody hell, what color? I said, I don't know. I'm not really good with snakes, man. I'm colorblind. Yeah. It's so bad. 
badly colorblind. I have no idea. They just all look the same <laughs> to me. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm not going back to see what color it is. Just don't go near them, mate. We'll try yeah. and make an assumption of what color. Just going to keep going. I'm not going back to have a look. So, but uh, that's where I'm at. Like, I, I got to the point where I kept going to work saying, I saw another snake today. And my boss is going, man, you and your snakes, eh? Hey, you're going to, because this running starting to get a bit serious when you're running into snakes as often as you. So, yeah. yeah it's... I'm, I'm, I imagine people that run pathways come across them quite a lot, eh? Because they always, it's that sort of early morning in the afternoon, they get out and bake to to warm themselves up. So you've really got to keep an eye out for them. But like, because I sort of keep seeing them, I really have got good at it, like just seeing them, if that makes sense, because they're so well camouflaged. But I'm just picking them up left, right, and center. Yeah. You bloody, it's all in your head now. You're like looking at all these sticks, hoping they're not going to move and they do. And then you bloody, you realize it's a snake. Yeah. Like, um, I was out riding, I was running the kids were on their bikes and saw a snake on the footpath. No one else saw it, but me and everyone I had to call them back. They turned around and, um, like, you know, all coming out of looking, it just didn't move until we yep. sort of shoot it off the path and then it took off. Was that, that was definitely like a tree Python or something because it had the, greeny yeah color yeah. on the back and so you yeah. sort of you know you're pretty safe when they're either a carpet snake or a python like that but anything else is questionable if they got any kind of brown on them i'm like just whoa, don't go near them yeah hey um taz savage from the mega run he picked up um a late entry into the wild horse at night run that i did last year i think it was on easter so it wasn't even on my radar last year it was on good friday so i had no idea it was on and it was on on Friday night. Um, hang on, Saturday night, sorry. Yeah, Saturday night. He got in a late entry into the 12K race and picked up second place off the back of last weekend's oh, Ironman. So it's funny, eh? Hey? He tells all his mates, oh, I'm not going to run much this week. It's all about recovery. And then you see him into the 17K run and did a 100K ride and... and it all obviously at the start of the week they probably feel terrible after doing Ironman because you just you know completely blotted yourself for the last five k's doing swimming, running, and riding. Yeah, and you must he, just feel wrecked, eh? The next weekend he jumps onto a bloody twelve k trail race and picks up second place. How good's that? Fit bugger. Well done. Yeah. And, and what about um Sam Gardner? Yeah, he's clocking some big k's. In recovery from bloody dust <laughs> or dawn. He's just run one hundred and eighty eight k this week. Yeah, he says he hasn't. He still hasn't absorbed it properly, he reckons. He's just going to try to keep his base up for anything that comes up. So we'll see what happens with him. It's a big okay. base, though. Bloody hell. Jeez, mate. It's more than you and me put together. Oh. You know? I don't know if my legs could do that. Yeah. I told him I was going to shut my eyes on Thursday morning. He'd done 77Ks. I said I was just going to shut my eyes and pretend he wasn't running the rest of the week just so that I can catch up a bit. <laughs> yeah, screenshot that. Leave it at that. Yeah. Even eight, man, 80k is just a lot of running. Like it really is a running every day and a decent distance. Like, yeah. Yeah. To think what, oh, just, you know, hundred miles a week. Yeah. It's just such a lot of running and he's yeah. running more than that. But you got to think though, like as a parent, you take your kid out for a, a walk in the pram and he's pushing his, his kid in the, and he's running. So in the same you, do, you run double what you walk, so that's just how it is, I guess. He's doing a run with his kid in the pram and, and maybe an hour or something and clocking up, you know, 12K, and, and then the other run he does by himself, it might be whatever it is, so. Yeah, Daniel's um, logging in now. Let's roll into the interview with him. 
Welcome to the show, Daniel Jones, all the way from New Zealand. How's it going, mate? Uh, thank you very much for having me, and that's going going well, actually. I'm on the back of a kind of two-week kind of recovery period, so it's it's been a lot of fun, actually. Uh, that's good. You're recovering from the Tarawera Ultra. Congratulations right, for taking that one out, mate. Awesome. I appreciate that. And hey, um, yeah, good pronunciation of the, the word Tarawera. <laughs> it's, um, it's a bit of a hard one for for the foreigners to, to grasp that, that local lingo. So good on you. Oh, cheers. What was your actual time for that race? Yeah, that's seven hours, 28 minutes. I think it was actually, yeah. it's a bit of a blur, right? I, yeah, it was sub seven hours 30, which I saw crossing the finish line and I was like pretty stoked. I actually had, yeah, actually had no idea that we we're going to be running that quickly. And it just turned out that it turned into a very solid time as well. Me and Steve had a little bit of a chat off air earlier. So they did change the course late. So you got an extra 4K of distance and a little bit less elevation over the 100K. Is that correct? Yeah. So it, I think it was supposed to be 102K on the original course. And then yeah. it was 103K um, that we actually ended up doing. Well, that was yeah. the, the effort which was stated. And um, yeah, elevation, I think I saw on, on my watch, it was... Um, what was it actually? Two, does that sound right? Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I've seen a few like that. Yeah, a couple of the local Morton Bay Road Runners, they did it. So, um, yeah, and one, Scott Perry, he did it um, quite quickly um, as well. But the other fellow, Brenton, he did he did it with uh, the hiking poles uh, with a friend. So they sort of hiked it out um, a bit slower, but still the same elevation and same distance as what you were going through i guess but you just did it a lot quicker let's dig into that race in a little while we like always like to hear how people get started with running and um and sport like how did you get into running was it something you've done since you're a child or yeah i so i grew up in a big like kind of running family it was mainly on my dad's side actually um his his mum and dad were were runners like marathon runners and um, you know, I think my grandfather's best time was around the two hours twenty-four. Um, they you, you would probably have heard of um Arthur Lydiard. Um, they had him come like staying at the house sometimes. They're actually good like kind of family friends. So running was just big in, wow. in the family household anyway. And um it just kind of evolved from that. And yeah, growing up growing up here in New Zealand's pretty well, where I came from, I'm I'm living in Wellington these days, but I grew up in a town called Whakatane, and uh, it's it's awesome, like little area where there's a really good community. Um, you get big into the outdoors, you can go fishing, hunting, and we're all into that. Or oh, my family is into that. You know, grew up kind of running around the hills, chasing possums, chasing pigs, deer, all that kind of stuff. And so I think it, that kind of Maybe it's where that endurance kind of um, stems from earlier on. Did you have much success as like a like a younger runner? Oh, like Mark, any teams or anything like that? I thought you were talking about the hunting side of things. Um, but no, <laughs> um, probably more more success in the hunting than the running when I was younger. You know, like as it it's I'd say I was like quite a late developer. I was pretty slow over the, the, the shorter distances, and that's what we're really kind of told to focus on when you're at high or when you're at primary school, high school. Um, it's like you know, even 
1K to 3K to 5K is probably the longest um, distance. Actually, I think 3K might have been 3,000 meters. And so, yeah, I, I was certainly like really actually more interested in the trail running side of things. Even even back then, there's like a local run called Toys Challenge. And it basically, it's a big loop. It's an 18-kilometer loop around the coastal trails around Whakatane. And I kind of got into that actually from a fairly young age. And I, I think I had a pretty decent time even back then. I was probably like 11 or I can't remember when I first did it, 10 or 11. I just did the 18K trail run. I was like, oh, this is me. But... I don't know whether it would have been probably more beneficial for me back then to concentrate on those shorter distances and get more speed because since then I've kind of been like, oh yeah, doing it right, you know, 5,000 meter times and, but nothing special, nothing special at all. I think I, um, my best 5,000 meters when I went to university was about 1430 something. So like just decent, but nothing like special at all and um yeah i mean I've, I've since gone on to race a marathon but again because that shorter distance speed is not really there it, it doesn't transfer into a world-class marathon time yeah well, what is your best marathon it. time yeah it was like um the gold coast actually and two yeah. either 216 and 15 seconds so i missed out on making the world champs team by about 15 seconds yeah I've seen a bit on your um, Instagram page. You like done some trail runs that aren't too far off that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. I've definitely done some some pretty crazy trail runs over the times as well between um, yeah. New Zealand, you know, China. Yeah, uh, the back USA. end of last year, you done a, a couple of forty-two k trail runs that were in that two twenty <laughs> bracket too, as well. So. Yeah, yeah, we have some some pretty cool marathons. You might be referring to Queenstown Marathon, which is yeah, it's a cross between I guess road and trail, but it's very scenic. It's not the fastest one out there, but you can bang around the course and probably about you know ten minutes or slower than or five to ten minutes slower than what you'd normally do on a road. Yeah, what shoes do you wear for a race like that? I just use um, I use the Metaspeed Skies, the Essex Metaspeed Sky. It's yeah, a shoe that I've been... Um, even, not, even for the off-road, uh, off it's all good? Yeah, and to be honest, even in Tarawera, I started in the Fuji Lights, um, ran the first 30k in them because it was like a... That was the, the area that I thought might be the most muddiest and um, probably the most technical trail. And then I actually had um, my quick laces. I put those elastic laces into my Metaspeed Skies and ran the last 70k in those. Oh, yeah. And that was... Cool. Yeah, and there was some actually still a little bit more trail uh, and slippery, muddy stuff as well. But, you know, I think if you've got good foot placement and the stuff, you tend to tend to go all right. You just got to actually know where you're putting your feet and then you're, you're pretty good for the most part, even on a bit more, yeah. more rugged stuff. I've seen um, you've done a little bit of altitude training um, ahead of trail, some, some, some trail races. Um, is, that, is that, you got any gains from that that, uh, like you actually notice, notice, or is it just all um, sort of when you come back down to regular levels that it sort of pays off? How's that work? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm still yet to really test out, um, you know, how how well the altitude training works for myself. Yeah, we'll probably go into it in a bit, but I I had a big stint over in Kenya. Um, but yeah. the the most recent one was when I, yeah you're probably referring to is when I went to Boulder. Yeah, uh, to to Utah last year and then Boulder and I had still probably like eight weeks there. Then I came down and raced Lake Sonoma 100k and had a really good race. And yeah. I think um, whether that was just a good training or the or the altitude training itself, I'm not 100 percent 
you know, because I've also, you know, come off the stint into Tarawera with no altitude training and it worked really well for me. So I think it's just putting in the hard work, really. So it'd just be something you'd have to sort of base off um, races with altitude training and without racing, um, without running altitude prior, whether it pays off, I guess, for your your way that you sort of um, adjust to, to the training and yeah. how that goes into, it plays into races, I guess. Yeah, and I am, um, so with this, when it's Hadawera, I've got that golden ticket over to the Western States, 100 miler. So because that race actually starts at altitude, I'm going over there again, probably it's six weeks beforehand, six weeks before the race to actually adapt to the altitude. I think that will be the, the bigger thing is like, you know, when you're racing at altitude, it's absolutely more necessary to, to get used to that acclimation because you don't want to go up there and be, not, you know, puffing your, puffing your lungs out just as you're jogging to the start line. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about times and um, I'll correct me if I'm wrong. I got this off your um, athletics profile, but your, um, your 5K years, 14.38, that was in 2018. That was in USA. So that's would that have been when you were at college? Yeah, if, if it was in the USA, it would have been. But no, no, it wouldn't have been actually. Um, I think I did a similar time to that actually in uh, okay. Wellington, and yeah. I did about forty. Yeah, I did about fourteen thirty-eight. That's that's probably my PB. And I actually bettered my time after I finished university just in a local track race, and it was really surprising because that was actually my first lead up to the marathon, and I think. It just proved to me that the um the mileage that I was putting in really benefited my um even my shorter distance racing. So that just goes to show, like yeah, some people just respond better to more um more mileage. Yeah, I'm one of those people. And then um you've run thirty one thirty for the ten k. That was in twenty twenty one. That oh that was a week later. Well okay, so the dates might be a bit weird there, but that was a week later. We had a, our ten thousand meter champ cited it then. Yeah. It's and flying. then, yep. So for the half, you've run 107, and that was in uh, New Zealand in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then the marathon is 216.15 on uh, on the Gold Coast in 2019. Yeah. But, mate, the one that I was, like, really shocked over is you run 49.32 over 400 metres. <laughs> like, that's that lightning be, fast. That is definitely a different Daniel Jones out there, but <laughs> I've been told that it's on there. I'm not right into that. Oh, I, 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 thought that I thought you must have <laughs> just pulled one off. Mate, if I'd done that, I'd be uh, thinking, geez, I've got a bit of potential here. Because <laughs> I'm trying to um, do some research on what, um, college you went to is nearly impossible because there's like some mega famous um, mm. American footballer called Daniel Jones. Google's just full of information on him. So, yeah, I think yeah, you, you need got to put the C in there to get the Daniel C. Jones, maybe. Y- yeah, yeah well, possibly. I don't yeah. know if even that's public knowledge, but yeah, that, that um, football player, I've gotten a few messages around that. I think he's a quarterback from yeah, some NFL team these days. <laughs> it's growing yeah. up. So, yeah. this- 2019 Gold Coast Marathon, that were pretty shocking conditions too. So you've run a blinder on a, it was wet and windy, wasn't it? You're right. I'm, I remember that, but I think it was stormy a couple of days beforehand and it definitely cleared up a little bit for the race. The half marathon that started before us, they got pretty drenched. We started in the rain, but then it cleared up and we had an amazing pack. We had awesome paces. We had a good pack running through that we're targeting 216. And I think we worked together pretty well for about 20, 25K. And then 
it's, it fragmented, but there were still a few of us. I was riding with a couple of Australian guys, and yeah, we really dragged each other through to good times. I would have loved to have obviously um, to have broken that two sixteen, but I remember at the northern turn with about five, six, seven k to go, there was a bit of a headwind, and I was by myself at that stage, and that's when you know it gets tough. But and I just didn't, yeah, I just couldn't hold it together to to dig oh, deep. Still a great time. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was over the moon. That was um about two minutes, uh, two minutes and about thirty seconds better than my previous best. That makes sense. Yeah, unreal, awesome. Yeah, I got a question about your um your base for your training. Like, what sort of kilometers are you running on a weekly basis, and do you split it like trail and um you know pathways or road running, or is it something that you just sort of is something that's designated to you by a coach that you have to do or what how does it sort of how do you base your training for week to week yeah no it's definitely changed over over time as well um between whether i'm training for the marathon or um Tarawera or the ultra marathon and these days i basically just yeah for, for the trail side of things i mix it up between road and trail usually i'll do a um a workout maybe once a week these these days and that will just probably look like yeah paths trail or like flat trail or more runnable trail and then i'll just do a lot of um just wherever it's convenient really but i try and focus a little bit more on vert these days as well so that might mean yeah getting up into the trails behind the house we've got a good mountain bike park here in wellington where i do most of my trail running yeah what sort of k's are you clocking up for a week to week? It varies, obviously, but what would be your sort of average sort of? Yeah, when I'm in the big blocks of my training, about 200k. So, yeah, 200k. I think my longest week actually was about 248k um, before Tarawet, and that was by far the biggest week I'd done. Yeah. Um, throwing in there were actually three. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the coast to coast multi sport event. It goes from the um from the west coast of uh, the South Island to the east coast. And it's a, it's, a, it's a race where you basically cycle, you run across the divide, and then you kayak down the Waimakariri River, which is a grade, oh, yeah. two, grade two river. Um, and it, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's, it was actually on the same weekend as Tarawera. And yeah, people compete in this either in teams or individual. You can do it in two days or the one day, which is the premier multi-sport event. And yeah, so I do a bit of um, guiding over that run course and uh, thrown into that big week of training with three trips across that um that run course of about eight hours a day so we're not going fast we're taking you know beginners and people that just want to learn the the routes and mountain safety and river crossings you're basically running up a a big valley a big valley so you're running up a a, a river with um bearing terrain of rocks and boulder hopping all this kind of good stuff um makes makes it interesting so when you get out and do an eight hour day like that with time on the feet it's like you know, I think it's really good for the strength side of things and you mix that in with some good faster stuff throughout the week and some mm. other longer longer runs that are, you know, at a higher intensity, then it's it's does pretty good things for you. I can actually visualize that race because um Reedy off Bondi Rescue teams up with some lady and he does it every year, I think. They've been back multiple times and, <laughs> and done it and he's sort of I've seen the the visual side of it as well, the pain they go through. Um because it's quite cold too. I think the water's like freezing temperature and they got to get in there in their wetsuits and um get into the in and out of the kayaks and they're getting the spray off the paddle so i'm pretty sure that they're like freezing and then they're cycling as well so it looks pretty hectic that oh you know it's you're in the mountains so it can be varying um 
weather conditions but if you yeah if you get it on a cold day it's it's bloody cold up there um in the middle of summer it can be actually really hot as well so it's just one of those things that can be you know it can be anything on the day just get, yeah. get used to what you get used to in training so on your weekly say set that you do do you do any speed training or is it just all long tempo based stuff um you know hills and things like that like do you do speed sets as well for your yeah. your type of running yeah i would say depending on what stage of the base or the the build i'm in so earlier on i'll probably be doing some speed stuff to keep the legs ticking over at a, at a good rate uh yeah. that might just look like you know 1k efforts so eight times a kilometer or 10 times a kilometer or a tempo work um or even you know uh, yeah a threshold like um threshold session with intervals and then the threshold again yeah something that kind of works in between about 40 to 60 minutes of hard work and then yeah if you if you were doing eight by a k are you doing that over trails or on the roads we've got like a, a kilometer loop just um pretty close to where i live and we just go and bang those out 1k loops uh there's like a limestone path and, uh that we can run on so takes you off the hard surface a little bit but I, I don't mind jumping on the road and doing them either that's just wherever i'm at at the time and yeah. you know giving yourself a minute 90 seconds recovery so you can get some decent quality and i'm not you know i'm just using this to make sure that i don't lose the leg speed because i've yeah probably in the in the ultra game you know you probably saw the average pace was about 421 for tarawera mm-hmm. and you're not you're not really going to anything faster than 330s you might we actually were clocking some pretty pretty good k's in that race on the downhills but you're not going too much faster than that so if i do those 1k reps in 310 ish then that's pretty sweet yeah wow that's amazing <laughs> still moving that's crazy it's moving and it might be 50 k's into a run it's not as though you're just going up the block and running <laughs> 1k intervals you've yeah. already got 50 k's in the leg and this is happening on a downhill not a flat surface so pretty crazy at least your body sort of knows what to expect when you are doing that pace though yeah so i think we i saw we did like a three minute four we were hitting about three minute 40 and this was only about 10k into tarawera and i was like oh you know like we're gonna make sure actually we do got to respect like you know the distance because i've blown up in some of these longer races before and i didn't want to yeah get to a certain point in the race where you just it all falls apart so i was just like really like oh yeah we're hitting 340s here we're on a downhill and that can actually take it out of the leg so much worse than an uphill. So later on, you know, the, any, any hill that you hit, it's like, oh, the legs just don't want to move. So I was just making sure that we weren't going too much faster than three minute forties because I knew it all, all probably oh, yeah. come back to bite you a little bit if, if yeah, you went much faster. Um, have you had any um, major injuries over time that you've sort of recovered from? Um, anything that stopped you in your tracks back in back a while back or anything? been pretty good with injuries i do a couple gym sessions a week and that seems to have really helped because i did get like a bit of an achilles injury in university a little bit of um itb um hips like injury going on and i i do have this hip thing impingement i'd call it that i i do try and keep on top of just with band work and uh you just rehab prehab rehabilitation type stuff so i i do i i try and work on that kind of stuff a lot because you're, you're putting your body through you know that, that same linear type um range of motion when you're running so i try and you know get out of that and 
I can do a bit of stretching. Yeah. Well, not not so much on the stretching side, but at least those exercises, uh, moving the leg, the joints around, it's, it seems to help. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Sam Gardner before you jumped on. He's, um, what was it, Steve? 180K week. Yeah, 188. Nearly 188K week from 100K ultra a few weeks back. What what sort of kilometers are you doing in your recovery from from Tarawera? <laughs> Not that much. I've done about three or four runs, about three gym sessions, and probably yep. drinking a few too many beers. And you're feeling pretty good, though. You recovered pretty well from the the run with no injuries. Yeah, I'm good, which is great. Like That's no awesome. injuries, so I'm actually just looking forward to getting back into the build. It's not. Yep. Too, I'm thinking about actually coming over and racing Ultra Trail Australia, the 50k yep. in my build up, and that's May the 11th, and then heading on to to America from there. Yeah. So how do you how do you so going off your 100k ultra now, how do you govern 160k's? Like, uh, what what do you do in order to get yourself to the finish line for something like that? That's a great question because you know when you're racing 100k as well, you're like, I would I do not, yeah, I do not envy those guys that have to go out there and do one extra lap of that 60k because that's that's what the milers had to do at Tarawera, and I was like, well, no way. But you know when you, I think you know, it's obviously a pacing thing as well. Um, you take a little bit longer in aid stations, potentially. You um, you do all that good stuff on race day, but you know when it comes to your training itself, I think there'll be some longer days in the hills. I'll be chasing more vert. Um, not necessarily trying to up my mileage too much more than I do. It's just more like a bit of a change in yeah, and what I'll be focusing on, I guess, in in terms of some of those longer runs. So yeah, those longer runs will look like you know a lot more hill. Probably the chasing, as I said, chasing Bert doing those 50k, 60k runs with two, uh, yeah, two and a half, two thousand meters of elevation. Yeah, you must go through a whole heap of nutrition on these runs, <laughs> especially yeah, like yeah. 100k. What's the, what's the intake like for something like that? You got to train your guts as well. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm helped out by Cliff, um, Cliff Barr, and yeah, I just chew chew away on the bars and <laughs> the Cliff blocks and stuff, but. And even just normal food because you know, like you still need solids. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You talk to the dentist, and <laughs> they're not stoked on you just going out and chewing on gels. You know, every um yeah. every day of your life, are, are they? Yeah. Like you know, you ask yeah. any athlete, and they can they'll pretty much tell you dental record is not great. Yeah, it's a good three hundred bill every time I go, but oh, at least five hundred. No, I've got a I've got a bloody good dentist who who takes care of me as well. He's a good man. <laughs> Funny you say that because when he when I'm eating them gels, like I had a gel this morning on the long run, it's just it's just so sickly, I eh? just full of sugar and just yeah, it couldn't be good to be always eating them. Yeah, and I think it's actually I don't mind them. I like. I can eat them fine, but it's actually when you're an ultra and you have to eat them like time after time after time after time, it it does get pretty hard. Like towards the back end of the race, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. It's just one of those things. You 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 eat a lot of sweet stuff, and some people try and um you know take in more solid foods. But I'm more of a person that just pretty much race the whole thing on gels and soft blocks, and uh, if I can, bananas or and bars as well, but. Yeah, mainly just that stuff that goes down real easy and you don't have to breathe too hard trying to chew stuff down. Yeah. yeah. yeah well. At your pace, you don't want to be really like eating bulk amounts of food there because you just 
smashing it. Oh, exactly as well, because I, I kind of figure, well, I do find like if you're trying to eat like a sandwich or something, it just gets, it's hard to chew. Peanut butter, I find, I don't know how people chew down peanut butter sandwiches because to me, it just gets glugged up in your mouth and yeah. You, and yeah, when you when you can't swallow, you can't breathe. So that's an issue when you're trying to run fast. So with nutrition, then there'd be a lot of catching up after 100 k's. If you're only eating liquids just to keep your body going, you must lose a bit of weight over that distance too. So there must be something that you got to sort of cap, you know, catch up on again after 100 k. Yeah. So before the race, actually, at the um, registration, they weigh you, and yep. I, I posted a picture just being funny on. Um, you know, on Instagram and, you know, did the old muscle arm type situation like this is a yep. big way in. And you know, I didn't actually realize that people actually didn't know why, why I was doing this way in, but they do it for, for that reason is to measure you before and after the race to actually see how much fluids um, you've lost or how much weight you've lost. And yep. so then if you've lost too much, like I think it was over 4kg, they will go and put you on like get you into a tent and depending on how bad you are you get you on the drip or just start IV, feeding, yeah. feeding you liquids um yeah i only lost about two but over two kg to an kg so i just showed that i was on a pretty good nu- nutrition plan and yeah. i uh, managed to keep on top of things really well in that race yeah well i saw somewhere on one of your um runs you like had you said you were having trouble seeing from lactic in your eyeballs explain that <laughs> totally just talking crap really but <laughs> just, um, obviously a sprint session of such where you just basically just blown everything out the door and going well that's everything but obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. and i've had you know we've had we've all had those sessions though right it's like you know you get into a big interval session and yeah oh i remember one session i did i was training with um hayden hawks um who who's become a great mate and he's yeah a really tough competitor in the ultra running spaces that are here is an amazing athlete. Um, anyway, so I was training with him over in Utah, and we we're training at three thousand meters, three thousand meters above sea level. That's quite, that's very high, you know. And yep. it's it's hard just running up there. But we did a um interval session. It was like, I think it was like three times five minutes or two times five minutes, um, followed by forty-five second efforts, like hard efforts, running about three minute per kilometer pace. And wow. when you're at that altitude, well, you really feel it between the, in those five minutes, especially because, yeah, the lactic is just building so much quicker because, you, you know, your body's not getting the oxygen it needs. So that lactic is not getting dispersed out. It's just building up, building up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up, <clears throat> excuse me, um, finishing and my nose was bleeding because I'd gone pretty hard. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's giving it everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, because he's, he's, he lives at altitude and, it wasn't an easy session by means for either of us, but he was probably, you know, feeling a bit more comfortable. Um, he was in his element a bit more, um, you know, from sea level, and I struggled, but I got through it, and that's probably one of the hefty sessions of the kind of lactic in the eyeballs I've be, been referring to. There you go. <laughs> explains everything. A lot of people say when you haven't, if you do a really hard 5K run and you haven't spewed it then, you haven't, aren't trying hard enough, so oh, that would be your version of that, I guess. <laughs> yeah i suppose so i've actually never spewed um after a race so i don't know if, you know i need to try and learn how to push myself to that to that spewing stage but yeah hey. i've never I've, i don't experience that either but a lot of people at parker and you see them cross that line they head for a garden that's just how it is but yeah i've never experienced that it'd be 
push as hard as I can, but still can't get to that point. So got to be brave to um, make yourself vomit. That's for sure. Got to be tough. <laughs> I think so. I want to like, as you say, if I get to that point, I know I've had a bloody hard race. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see one day, maybe after Western States. Yeah. A bit of vomit and a bit of lactic eyeballs at the same time. might be a bit, <laughs> Make it look a bit curious. Can we talk about Kenya? What, what, like how long was you in Kenya for? Cause I remember I listened to the inside running podcast and you were actually stuck in Kenya when like COVID kind of really hit big time. What happened there? Like how long had you been there for? And I can't remember how you got back. Like how did you actually get out of there? <laughs> yeah. So that was my other stint at altitude. And the whole reason why I, I chose to go to Kenya was because I wanted to put in a serious effort to try and, you know, hit a hit a standard to, to represent New Zealand at, at, a, at a marathon championship. And um, so I had a coach at that stage and <clears throat> went over to Kenya um, with the intention of training there for five weeks before going over to Hanover Marathon in Germany. And yeah, it was just one of those things. I was like, oh, Training's going pretty good. All of a sudden, the reports of that COVID starting to spread around, and I, was, I definitely underestimated it. You know, I was like, who who was ready to know how big it was going to blow up to be? <clears throat> and um, yeah, just I, oh, I think I was just like, I should I sh I should have probably just got out there when I could have. But then all the borders closed, all the international borders sh um, shut off, uh, flights shut down, and I was just stuck there kind of thing i was like oh i talked to my parents off oh, no oh, you'll be right like it'll blow over soon you'll be sweet and that <laughs> nah, didn't really happen like that um so in kenya they closed off all their domestic flights as well so you couldn't fly between the provinces so there's no real if we wanted to get to nairobi we had to take a taxi like across the country for like six hours and get a written permission by the um the commander from that town from e10 which you was really saying you could have run there. Well, I could have, could have, <laughs> like pretty much. Um, it would have been, it would have been a dodgy situation anyway. If, if we'd tried to, yeah, you would have, you would have flown be under pretty the radar. dangerous, can't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, there were checkpoints and stuff like that where you had to show your papers. So I don't think that would have flown by. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you actually get out of Kenya? Oh yeah. So yeah, and how long did you get stuck there? Oh, I was stuck there for about four and a half. Four and a half months in the oh. end. Um, there were two attempts to get out that, that I failed at. So one time we, we took that taxi, uh, me and a couple of other foreigners that were stuck there. They're from Europe though. So they got out, they ended up getting out, but we took this taxi six hours across to the airport, got to the airport, um, got, went to check in. And uh, because my transit time was going to be too long over in Switzerland, like where I actually would have had to leave check uh leave that kind of transit area and then check back in with a different airline with like Air New Zealand. Um, they're like, no, you're not allowed on this, this flight. It's only going to be for the Europeans that will be just traveling straight over to Europe. And like, even because there was a French guy on this flight, he was allowed to go because he's a European, even though we're going to Switzerland. I was like, come on, this is a bit bullshit. Yes. But yeah. And so that was real interesting. I was like, you know, I'm pretty gutted. I was like in a situation where the taxi driver had obviously driven back to E10. I was stuck in Nairobi. I didn't really know what to do. And so I reached out to this um to this family that used to live in Fakatane. Like 
I was given their um, contact details by like a family friend when I first got over to Kenya to say, oh, you got, you should try and reach out to these guys and just have a get to meet them. And so I thought, oh, this is a good situation, if ever, if ever there was one, to go <laughs> try and catch up with these guys in Nairobi. And oh, I felt a bit bad, you know, like there's this whole COVID thing going on and they didn't know me and I'd just been traveling across the whole of um, Kenya. So who knows like what I'd picked up in terms of that COVID. So they were just very welcoming. They didn't mind. Um, I didn't do like a stand down period before I was introduced and then because it was all in lockdown at that stage yeah. anyway. And so they invited me in and I stayed with them for about 10 days before I tried to catch another flight. I was, I was trying to catch a flight to Egypt actually this time. And uh, it was the same Emirates um, airline that I tried to catch it with. And I rocked back up to the airport and said, oh, um, Egypt, it's it's back open to tourists now. Because it was, it opened up for a brief period of time. And I was just going to stay there and then fly. There were more flights going back from Egypt than Kenya. And uh, it was the same people at the check-in. They're like, Mr. Jones, you're back. I'm like, yeah, I'm back. I'm ready to get out of this country. And um, yeah, sure enough, they're like, nah, you're not allowed on this flight. It's only for egyptian residents and i was like no 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 come on it's open to tourists there's no reason why i can't go on this flight i was pretty gutted and over the whole situation obviously by this point i've been there for four and a half months and um they're like no oh no i've been there for four months so they're like no and uh, my, my friends that i'd been staying with they'd actually gone on a on holiday so i was like, oh no what am i going to do here um they weren't taking me on on the plane so i was like oh what i do and by the stage there were some domestic flights that had um resumed and so i took a flight back to e10 to get get training again what what else had i was i yeah. going to do so yeah i just did that and then ended up about three weeks later i i with the help of a travel agent i got out i took like 50 hours to get back to new zealand some massive stopovers in europe and then Jeez. hong kong um and then i got yeah two weeks in in quarantine so all that good altitude, uh, yeah, altitude training. It was um, not really sure, yeah, that to answer that question again around did the altitude work for you? I didn't really get to put it into practice too much. <laughs> but I, ca I came back, at, like, I think it was a month or so after that um, quarantine, or it might have been a bit longer. And I raced Auckland Marathon, and yeah, that race went really well for me. It was my first um, kind of big, big marathon win in New Zealand, so that was yeah. cool. Wow, well, that's cool. I can't believe you're stuck there for, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been panicking. Yeah. Like at the, when you're at the check-in, I've just <laughs> been like having a meltdown. Hey, oh, can't think of anything worse. It sounds like you really sort of stay calm for all that. I guess you get, you're in the situation that you can't do anything about yourself. So you're just sort of stuck, aren't you? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm more calm about it now than I was at the time, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things. I just had to try and work out what to do and, yeah, I think when you put yourself in these situations, right, when you're traveling, like shit happens sometimes and you're just like, oh, yeah. what do I do here? And uh, there's, you can't can't panic or you can panic, but it's not it's not going to really help too much unless you shed a few tears and the old travel agent feels a bit uh, sorry for you and, you know, they get you through somehow, which some, so I've been in situations like that as well. Just silly mistakes or like booking a... Uh, um, a ticket to the wrong air, airport in, um, in America. That, that happened to my last trip, actually. I, I was supposed to fly from America um, 
from where I was in Albuquerque to LA, a domestic flight, and then catch my flight from there on to uh, Poland where I did this ultra marathon. And I ended up accidentally booking from where I had been staying. I booked my ticket from Denver to LA, not Albuquerque to LA. And I get there, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Can I check in, please? And I'm like, I can't find your system. I'm like, oh, no. I, I looked at my phone. I've really stuffed up here. <laughs> oh, spion. But they got me there. They got me to Poland. So happy yeah, days. Well. Oh, that's good. Let's talk about the Tadawera race. Try, I'm really trying to nail the accent. Pretty embarrassing. Um, how's, he, how's he going? <laughs> I'll Shocking. give you a, probably a six out of ten. <laughs> it's only my second attempt. <laughs> oh, you Let, you tried about ten times before we started recording, though. <laughs> I just delete that stuff. <laughs> nah, you got to keep that in now. The proof, the proof of the pudding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's getting worse. Know. What he's trying to say is you're getting worse as you're going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, but let's dig right into that because um, that's the one that everyone's the most interested in at the moment. What was your um your prep leading into it like, and um the overall race like was it, it like sounds like it was actually a close race mm, mm. So let's so get yeah, into that yeah my so to start with yeah my prep was really good um we'll just talk about the the races i guess leading into it was so at the back end of last year so 2022 i raced the auckland marathon and had a good win there and then Two weeks, no, three weeks later, I raced the Queenstown Marathon, the one that um, part trail marathon. Yep. And yeah, I had a, another really good race there. I had a good win there as well. And again, like a pretty solid time. I think it was like 2.26 or 28. Yeah. I can't recall. Flying. Yeah. So did, like a good time, like, but amazing, like push, push myself pretty hard, like very hard in the Auckland Marathon, like as hard as I could go to try and get the win. And then um, again, in Queenstown, just the body bounced back really well after only three weeks. And then two weeks later was the Kepler Challenge, which is another ultra marathon, a 60 kilometer one. And I um, <clears throat> managed to win that one. And so then I actually just gave myself a, about a week and a bit break, just some maybe easy jogging in there, because I knew it wasn't a huge build up <clears throat> from then on into um, Tarawera. Uh, it was only about eight weeks. So, from then, when my body felt ready to go again, that's when I actually just, yeah, bumped my uh, mileage back up to about 200k. And then, as I said, I got in that really long week of about 248k as well. And everything just came to plan. Like, my long runs were going well. I was training with um, the mate Hayden, who came over and trained um, before uh, Tadweta as well, because he's my main competition at Tadweta. And so, yeah, we got to race day just pretty happy and knowing that, the hard work was actually like you know everyone can say it but it actually had been like pretty pretty good very good and like it all gone to plan like no injuries and stuff so yeah um the race itself the way it panned out was a big bunch to start with and then it kind of whittled down to about four four of us myself um hayden sam mccutcheon and michael voss um and then yeah i think Michael might have dropped first at about 25k in. Not dropped, but just um, fell off the pace a little dropped bit. Dropped off a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Sam McCutcheon, he stayed with us for another like 5 to 10k. And then in the end, like at about the 30-odd, 35k mark, it was Hayden and I together running 
running into um, Rotorua, which is, you know, where the finish line was, but then we actually had to go back out and do another loop, another uh, about 55 kilometres from there. So we were running together, yeah, for a good a, a good amount of time of that race. And it only it only got to around that 65, 70k mark where Hayden, I don't think I tried to surge or put, push the pace too much more but he just dropped off ever so slightly and the gap just slowly grew into it I think it just blew out a little bit at the finish because I, I pushed pretty hard at the finish and he might just felt quite comfortable finishing it and it is the effort because he knew he had second place nearly wrapped up you and I the best mates you said so during race day <laughs> are you um is there any banter between you guys as you're like cruising along uh, obviously, no one knows he's going to win at this stage, but is, is there a bit of banter or some sledging going on at any stage? <laughs> there's, there's definitely no sledging, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was actually it was actually quite nice. It was, he actually gave some fairly reassuring um, words as we're like, you know, starting off in this big group. It's like there's some guys that are running fast on downhills. It's like, no, we're going like a solid pace right now. You don't need to be pushing this hard, this like too hard too early. And because mm. he's... Well, far more experienced in the ultra space than me so i definitely like, really respected that and it's pretty awesome when you know your top competition is you know also a mate as well yeah. um and so yeah no nah, but we're just like talking just chatting away as well because it's not at the intensity you can't chat so around 30 or 40k we're just chatting along like you know <laughs> just good yarns yeah. but it's the same in training with that's pretty good, cool. Good training hours together as well. You know, we, yeah, you learn a lot about each other when you go, uh, go for a long run with someone, right? Yeah, yeah. The banter's pretty good, eh? Yeah. Our well, Sunday it's... long runs here, just the chat amongst the boys is, yeah. Well, yeah. I've heard, I've heard. Well, I know the Aussies; they love to probably sledge a bit more than us as well. So it's like, um, yeah, I've heard um, from the inside running boys as well. There does seem to be a lot of, um. Yeah, banter, but bit of shit chat going on um, <laughs> when you're um, getting through those long runs. So it helps, though, doesn't it? It's yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. It, get, it helps tick off the K's when you're chatting and yeah, having a good time. And what time kilometer mark did you realize you were going to win? Oh, I felt pretty good at Blue Lake, Lake Tikitapu, which is about 20 kilometers to go. Yeah, it's 80k. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was going to win, but I was just like, I know I'm not going to blow up here. I'm, I'm feeling good. I can actually push pretty hard to the finish. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was um a good feeling getting to there. And do you then, get a sneaky look over your shoulder still? At that, oh at that yeah, pace? yeah. And I was, I asked my support crew, do you know how much time I, I've got? And they said yeah. at the last aid station, it wasn't huge. It was like two minutes at the Green Lake, which is about 30k to go. Yeah, a bit over, and um. Yeah, so that that's obviously not much of a gap when you're talking a yeah, ultra marathon, yeah. and so it really made me think. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna push here actually and just see what happens. And then yeah, when I got to the last aid station before the finish line, which is about eight k to go, it's all flat from then on, and I knew I could actually hit a pretty solid like three minute. I think I had about three minute forty fives for that last seven or eight k, and I didn't. Yeah, I just felt like I could hit that. Um, it wasn't like I was pushing hard enough that I was going to like blow up, but that just felt like a hard but um, achievable speed. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, that answered my question because I was going to say, when you got a sniff of um, victory, did you push on? But yeah, you, you yeah, I, obviously did. Yeah. Oh, I did. I pushed on, you know. Yeah. 
that was yeah. a that was a lot faster than what we ran back to that finish line the first time. Yeah. So happy with that. You know, it's always good to finish strong as well. So for, for us sure. hackers out there um, that are running for fun and, and, and not doing these mega events that you're doing, um, is there something that you've, some sort of uh, information along the way that you've got that you could pass on everyone and say, include this in your weekly training program. It'll give you some positives towards all your events. Is there something that you, you do and think, yeah, that's, that's, it's reinforced my, my training. Um. Well, it's just getting out there and doing it, first of all. <laughs> I know, there's yeah. no, like, one thing, eh, with, with the training. It's is, like, there, is there a staple that you do weekly that you enjoy that you think, yeah, that's helping me? In terms of the running side of things? Yeah. For me, it's the long run. Yeah. Because I know it's not for everyone, but, you know, the the gains that you, I, I seem to get from the long run are, for me, the best gains. It's, sometimes it's the hardest because you're out there for longer, you're like, oh, I could be out back home watching the cricket or the footy or whatever you want to be doing, right? Or like spending time with the family, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, yeah, for me, when I've added that in and like doing some, doing it at quality as well, not just jogging it, I feel like that is when I can actually just go out and push hills, just feel strong, strong at everything. Yeah, cool. You know, fatigued legs. Exactly, exactly. And like, if you can do that, even that, you know, that long run off the back of a, maybe a Saturday session, it's probably even better for you because as you say, you're running on like not the freshest legs and you're just getting used to that, uh, you know, not obviously not what you're going to be feeling on race day, but at least like some kind of simulation of, oh yeah, the legs can feel a bit like this on those hills, a little bit of burn there, but that's all right because it's a bit low impact. So if you're working away at the hills, sweet, you just recover a bit on the flats and the downs. And then, yeah, you get like really good uh, training stimulus that way. What's for the future, mate? Obviously, you spoke about it earlier, Western States. Is that the sort of only major event you've got on the horizon? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to just kind of really gone with the, the motto of racing one race at a time um, mm. over the last especially like the last wee while i just think it's really important because um yeah in the past like last year i actually went over to to the canyons 100 kilometer ultra marathon over in the states hoping to get a golden ticket into western states last year and it, it just fell apart i fell apart during that race at about 70 80k and i think i was just looking too far past that race at western states before actually you know really clocking that one so now it's just yeah i, I want to use use um, ultra trail australia as my um a, a nice stepping stone race my lead up to western states so i think that 50k would be an awesome way to test the legs out and see how the body's responded to the training so far but then yeah western states first and first and foremost and yeah i, I mean i've of course i've looked at potential races later on in the year there could be ones like the ccc that utmb 100 kilometer race which is um, a huge one. And that will just be all determined on how the body pulls up, really. Yeah. Would you consider anything beyond 100 mile in future, depending on how this one goes, I guess? No, nah, I think I think the 100 mile is uh, far enough. And it seems to be the 100K and the 100 mile seem to be the premier distances. So yep. I just want to, um, yeah, I want to get put myself into a position racing you know, some world-class athletes all over the world and keep getting to, to race different places and those different opportunities that, you know, come from that. And 
Yeah. I, th- I think Tarawita, you know, just talking to you guys, talking to different people after some some cool events like Tarawita, it's, it's yeah, hopefully, hopefully get my name out there a bit more as well. Yeah, definitely. Do you do a lot of theory reviewing um, before these races to see who you're racing and what their sort of profile um, stats give them ahead of racing? Like, so you sort of have a know where you are amongst the group. Is there anything like that going on with you and your team? Yeah, there is actually. Like, I don't, I don't try and do it too much, but you just hear about it. Yeah, football stars, they look who they're going to be marking on a field and stuff like that, and they review their games prior to see what they've been doing. I'm guessing you're going to be doing something similar to see how they're performing on their their runs too. Yeah, there's pretty much no way that you, you can't find out, right, who you're going to be racing. Exactly. And so yeah. I don't I don't go digging into – I try not to go digging into, you know, their <laughs> workouts and things like that because you, you don't want to get stuck in, in your own head about, oh, I've done an amazing – work out this way but sometimes it happens and you accidentally see a workout and you're like Gee, that guy's in form yeah. right now um but you just have to be concentrated on yourself because you can only you can anyway no matter who you're racing you can only race like to the level of your ability even though like it, it might mean yeah the, the pace might get pushed a bit harder at the start or at different points in the race but in the end like if, if you can try and pull yourself away from that and just race your own race and i think that's probably going to be work out better for you obviously it's like it, it, it is a bit like um dependent on the size of the field and how competitive the top 10 might look like and all that kind of stuff and at western states you already know who, who you're going to be racing because the top 10 are from their last year they get an automatic entry into this year and so yep. most of those guys guys and girls will take that opportunity again and yeah, so you probably raced against them as well previously some of those people well not even some of them, but because they're from all over the world and yeah. not all of them are like Hayden and a few of those guys. Yeah, sure. They came and raced Tarawera. Um, But there's so many of those top Americans and top Europeans that I haven't yeah. raced yet. So I, I've seen their results, of course, and yeah. it doesn't mean too much to me because I haven't raced those races either, um, apart from Canyons. And yeah, so it's cool. It's kind of cool. Like I'll be obviously a massive like underdog just going in and that's that's good with me i don't i don't worry about that how do you compare like when you like it's different if someone's posting their um track sessions you know you can figure out exactly what they're doing but when you're running over hills and different terrain and that like you can't really compare with what you're doing with what they're doing it could be completely different anyway yeah that's true i I mean i suppose we've got strava these days so um, chasing those KOMs, but um, nah, you're right. But you can just you can you just can tell. tell you can tell yeah, sometimes. Yeah. It's like oh, that guy did it a bit big, lot of vert, and you know, a four minute something pace, or that guy did it. You know, if if they do a workout, you can pretty soon see if it's like a around that three minute pace or ten ish k or whatever. You're like oh yeah, that guy's doing work. But with the hundred miler, doesn't matter. Because so many people have bad days, well, it's so yeah. much harder to get right, even than a hundred k. So I'm even like, yeah, I, I've got to put myself into the best position I can to to not blow up and just have a really um, well well rounded race. But in saying that, like anything can happen over that kind of time frame. Because the fastest times are around like 14, 14 to fifteen hours. So when you think about that, you've got a lot to get right 
or wrong in that amount of time like the nutrition side of it as we kind of talked over the pacing mm. side of things and over in western states it get it gets up to like 40 degrees um celsius it can do so yeah. there's this big like cooling thing like each aid station in that race they have like four, the allocated 4 kg of ice i think it is per person and so your your support crew like will be packing this onto you like probably putting it into your pack if you've got a pack or um wrapping it into like a, a headband or something like that and um yeah it's a big thing if you get uh you know if you cook too early you, you're literally cooking yourself for the race as well yeah yeah get one yeah. little thing wrong and it can just stuff the whole day up yeah yeah and imagine i mean yeah it happens but that's that's part of racing isn't it pushing yeah. yourself to the limit anything else you want to ask steve no, I think he's covered everything, eh? <laughs> I, I'd just really like to say good. good luck with everything. Obviously, you're doing the right thing right now. Are you a superstar in New Zealand in the trail scene? <laughs> nah, well, I'm I'm only a runner after all. But yeah. um, you know, yeah, you get to meet a lot of people in the running space for sure. Like yeah. starting to, you know, it's it's awesome catching up with different people at different races. But again, uh, only a runner. It's not like you can recognise. <laughs> there you go. Not like uh, what's the big sport in New Zealand? Rugby union, is it? Yeah, rugby union yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can wear an All Blacks jersey on the trails and get everyone to notice you a bit more. <laughs> oh, maybe. Hey, there's something. Good I idea. Pick up another sponsor here or there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Anyone you want to give a shout out, mate? Any sponsors or anyone that you want to give a shout out to? Um. Oh, one thing I didn't really touch over was that you know. You, you go into these races, I've talked about nutrition, I've got something that helps me with my sports nutrition, like your support crew on the day and stuff, like if anyone's like, you know, looking at doing some of these races, these longer races, get yourself uh, a support crew that, you know, you, you are like friends, family, because it's awesome when you're racing to actually have that support and you guys will know as well, right, like when you you get that boost of adrenaline um, in a race if you see your, your loved ones and it's even more so in these longer races so each aid station you're really just looking forward to seeing them again and you know um, yeah it, it's awesome actually um, to to have yeah people celebrating that success with you as well um, so good good to have that good support network um, helped out with Essex uh, been with them for the last couple of years and they've been awesome awesome for me as i said i swapped out shoes um between the trail and the the more road shoes so obviously just just there's such a good range there i can basically pick and choose to try and yeah. give myself the best performance i can and you know a lot of, everyone's got their own shoes that they they love to wear but I'll, you know consider that when you're um doing your races as well um yeah i've jilbo and ultra aspire Jilbo's the sunglasses that I'm with and Ultra Spot by the packs and yeah, Cliff for the nutrition. So um no, but I think that yeah, there, I mean there's a lot, you know, there's so many people that help to get you to these races. So I think it's just a matter of being grateful, right? When you turn up yeah. to a, a start line and knowing you're good to go, healthy healthy to race, and that's why you go out and do it for for those people as well. As yourself. Yeah. Sounds like you're in a great zone right now, um, in your life. So I reckon you'll keep pressing forwards and I think you might surprise yourself with this hundred mile. Oh, I appreciate that. No, thank you. I am. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm confident as well. Like there are, <clears throat> I think yeah, the hundred mile is, is something that I haven't like yeah, ticked off before, but it's, as you say, like 
if you go in a good headspace as well, it's it makes all that difference. And I'm, I'm you know, coming off the back of Tarawera, I'm very happy with how that went. So it's just about, you know, building on top of that um, in, in, the, in this next block of training and then, yeah, just getting to Western States in that same frame of mind. Awesome. When was the last race you lost? You're coming off about six wins. <laughs> yeah. Your confidence oh. must be high. No, no, but then it can all change. But, yeah. you know, that's why you've, you you know, appreciate the races that go well and then try and, ah, it's, it's very cliche, but try and learn from those ones that don't. Good spot to end it there. Yeah. Mate, thank you very much for um, jumping on. You know, it's really difficult. Everyone's super busy and especially when you're running bloody 10 hours a day like you do. Oh, it's been, an, as I said, it's been an easy week, mate. It was more or less the big drive home after, you know, a few too many drinks last night. But no, it was great to, great yeah. to chat with you guys. And uh, what, what, what will it look like with the um, the podcast coming out? Um, how, how long do you usually take to, to edit them uh, and spin them out? Yeah, I'll probably, it'll be up tomorrow. I'll send a, a link oh, real? to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, he's Drop the master. A of, Excellent. a bit of stuff out and all that and get rid of anything that made me look silly. <laughs> you'll get it I'll you'll get a voiceover for the title winners <laughs> yeah yeah maybe no. i'll just keep i'll record 10 of them after yeah, i yeah. press end and just yeah. like dub it in <laughs> i love it love yeah. it yeah, no, cool. no, you do, you're doing well mate better than no. saying terror wearer or tar, tar wearer or something silly. yeah because we were talking about it on the long run this morning and everyone was going oh yeah that was the tara wearer yeah like, oh yeah tara wearer <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I'll work with a Kiwi who he, he, he roast me for that. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Legendary. Thanks heaps again. Yeah, good yeah, luck cheers, with guys. Good luck Thank with everything from, from now on. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. Well, thanks, man. All right. Thank see you. you, fellas. See ya. He's, He's cool, gone. eh? Yeah, what a legend, eh? Wow. Good guy. And a phenomenal runner, man. Like, just. Yeah, my mind boggles me. He's like running hills and downhills and his average pace over the whole thing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like the, the thing that blows me away with these like elite guys is their range is just, you know, they, they can sort of do it all like from the shorter distances to the, to the longer distances. Like you look at his marathon time, he's only a couple of minutes off making the New Zealand team mm. qualifying times. And, and then he can run a hundred miler at yeah. not much yeah. slower. Huh. Um, I'll tell you what, the, like you were saying, there's not even 10 minutes between his road marathon and his trail marathon time. So that's crazy. Eh? Yeah. Just goes <laughs> to show like what he's, his, his body must just be built for the hills. Yeah. Hills and uphills and downhills. So he's basically got that mindset from an early age that he likes the trails and just stuck with it. And he's just um, built his body around that that forward motion of just doing trails all the time. Yeah. And the rest of it all running road just obviously comes to him naturally because he can already run hard anyway on the trail scene. Man, I, I had no idea he was stuck in Kenya for so long. It's a I long time. When I listened to the podcast when he was actually there, yeah, like I think it had only been a few weeks. So yeah. he must have just not been able to leave. Like, yeah. It's just it's crazy. I mean, you look back now and think. He's smart wow, enough like, to figure a way out too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, pretty cool. Well, you'd do anything to get out, wouldn't you? You just yeah. My out. my COVID experience was nothing now after I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he me, got, he got me stuck too. overseas. 
for four and a half months. Wow. And it was four months before he sort of realized he had an opportunity to get out with, um, you know, booking the right air and the flights and stuff to get out. It was four months when he sort of put his plan together to get out of there. So that's pretty cool. Um, sort of had that mindset to sort of work his way around everything and, and find a way out after all that. Got to think your way out of a problem, eh? No, you got, no got some good panic. sponsors on board too at the end there. The yeah. ASICs, Cliff. Um, he's got the, the the running company that does his pack for him. So he's obviously, that's what he said. He can swap the shoes out to whatever he wants to do, whether he's going to be half road, half trail, all trail, all road. So he's got yeah. a shoe for everything. That um, Interesting that you said he wore like road shoes for the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Obviously knew the terrain basically being a local sort of New Zealander, you sort of obviously have a bit of a, yeah, to scope out the scene really, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and see what you're going to be running. Awesome. All that right, one mate. he spoke, that one he spoke of, that was the one Paul Goulet did, um, the marathon the other year. Yeah. The, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but Queenstown, him and Peter Lewis Queenstown, did that. Yeah. yeah the Queenstown one, was it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's half it. road, half trail, I think. Yeah. I think they did that as well. So that got a heap of elevation in it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, what a what a weapon though, bloody hell! Top top athlete. What a, and what a good thing. Um, just a bit of advice is to get a good team that can support you and be at the, at the stations. Like we did that for Nathan all of last year. We showed up at his events and we were there. Probably who who knows how he would have went differently if we, if no one was oh. at an aid station when he got there. It would have been terrible. Oh, it'd be just, just depressing, wouldn't it? Poor old Mathilde would be just stuck there on her own. Having support, I guess, for everyone, including her, um, obviously helps get you across the line. Pretty yeah. pretty good bit of advice, I reckon. Yeah, as long as Nathan's got someone to hold his spew bucket, he's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave it at that, eh? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah, man. Train Thanks hard. later.